0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I want to open up the festivities today by talking some big Ben Roethlisberger.
1: I'm surprised you're using the word festivities. What is there to be festive? About? What are you talking about? The holiday season this season every time we the do the 2021 nfl season excuse however, me is not festive at all
0: excuse me every time we do this show i'm excited like it's christmas morning why are you so down in the dumps and it's almost
1: like every episode we have is like another unboxing of another present
0: you're like scrooge mcstandard right now you just are the scrooge to the Steelers standard party that i'm trying to bring i feel festive today i'm feeling fun i want to talk some football i want to talk Wait, some positives it's,
1: it's, it's December. oh tom we are less than 10 days away from christmas eve
0: listen i want to talk some positives okay. i want to talk some ben roethlisberger right now and i want to talk some improving of the offense So there's a little roadmap for you on this journey through the Steelers standard episode we're about to go on. But Ben Roethlisberger's having one of the most bizarre years, I think, not just of his career but of any real quarterback's career. The guy takes like three quarters off where he's just uh, average, hey, this pass could have been intercepted. Hey, this was kind of a bad pass. But then in the fourth quarter or in a random third quarter – The absolute world is lit on fire by Ben Roethlisberger this year. He's so schizophrenic. It's almost like the team has taken on the identity of that quarterback. And it's it's really flabbergasting, million-dollar word, for me to see that and try to figure out what the heck's going on.
1: Can you really call Ben's play through those, whether it's the first half or the first three quarters average? I would call it pedestrian, just... Just enough. I mean, average assumes that you're doing something positive along with something negative, and he's not doing either. He's not
0: doing anything positive really, but he's not doing anything negative either. There's no real turnovers. Those I haven't plagued know if him this average year. Average is
1: the right word, though. Like for me, unassuming. Average, average is like a Ryan Tannehill, or or just that middle of the pack guy where you're not comfortable putting him in the upper echelon. But you don't want to put him – you don't want to relegate him to the lower tier of quarterbacks either. A good example of that was Andy Dalton for the first six or seven years of his career. And at least Andy Dalton was able to perform for more than one quarter or one half or a quarter and a half or whatever you want to call it. But Ben is just – it's just in the snap of a finger, Tom. It's lights off to lights on. It is a complete 180 of her performance, completely 180 of a look of a quarterback. As you said, it's just something that we really don't see. No matter the age, no matter the team, no matter the scheme, it's just something you, you are not familiar with. To, to see someone turn it on that fast after being turned off
0: for so long. It's wild because of his age, honestly. Like Ben would do this sometimes – in his prime. Obviously, there were more games where it was closer to a full 60 minutes of great performances. Uh, he was known for, you know, kind of being a slow starter and then coming on strong. And I mean, he's one of the guys who could use the moniker Mr. Fourth Quarter Comeback in this league's history. He is in the top five as far as those is concerned yeah he's had
1: what five this season so far and could have had two more had he pulled it out in LA and pulled it out last week in Minnesota
0: so yeah this has kind of happened for him in the past but again it's been more of a well-rounded performance when he was in his prime now at age 39 years old for him to be able to tap into this kind of fountain of youth for just a 15 minute span during each game that he's played in And the fact that you've seen it become kind of like a track record lately, I mean, even in the Ravens game, I wouldn't characterize him as lighting the world on fire when they came back to take the lead and score those two touchdowns to Deontay Johnson in that game. But it was still just kind of, you know, spinning in the mud, just trying to get some traction on offense for the majority of that game until Ben woke up, hit those two touchdown passes, got the team the lead. It's... It's just become kind of the M.O. for him, and therefore it's kind of become the M.O. for the team to start slow and then come on strong once their quarterback does. And
1: I was going to say, Tom, but before I even spoke, I talked myself out of the point I was going to make was wow. the fact that at the end of the couldn't first couldn't imagine half, the debate
0: in your head that just happened.
1: <laughs> after the, At the end of the first half of the Ravens game, I was going to say, well, he almost had that touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Except that came on the last drive of the first half. You saw no movement down the field until that play. And kind of like how you said, the team kind of follows suit with Ben where they just wait to turn it on, whether it's the pieces on offense around him or the defense decides to wake up and say, oh, we allowed 170 yards on the ground in the first half. Well, we're only going to allow 200 yards in the day, so we'll only allow 30 yards in the second. It makes no sense how the whole team kind of follows Ben in that track. But, yeah, I mean, as I said, I talked myself out of it because that Deontay Johnson drop touchdown pass came in the last drive of that game. And, again, another slow start that had to be delayed even more so until the second half instead of being what? I don't even know what the score would have been at that point, but at least you would have had seven points on the board going into halftime.
0: Now, Ben Roethlisberger with his – I guess you can characterize them as slow starts and one-quarters of phenomenal action. I think that would be perfect if the rest of the team had come along like we had foreseen it happening in the preseason. And what I mean by that is, if the defense was healthier and playing at a higher level, if the running game and the offensive line was more effective and able to be utilized a lot more, I think this is exactly the type of performances that you could have expected from Ben, that might even be going too far to expect him to be having these type of quarters that he's having. But for him to be able to put up multiple touchdowns, I mean, shoot, against the Chargers, what was it, like 28 points that they put up in an entire quarter of football in that fourth quarter? For for him to have these explosive quarters, if that was coupled with an elite defense that's healthy, that doesn't give up many points— doesn't give up anything on the ground as far as the running attack is concerned and an offense that runs the ball more than it passes the ball and has that ball control time of possession mm-hmm. mentality where they hold on to the ball for a lot more than the opposing teams. They run more plays than the opposing teams that they have. Those were the things we wanted to be brought to the table this season for the Steelers. And then Ben Roethlisberger was kind of that variable that we were like, What's he going to be? Well, we know he's not going to hurt you that much, but can he actually win you the games? Well, fast forward now. Here we are in week 14, week 15, whatever it is. I'm losing track.
1: And it's kind of the opposite.
0: Ben Roethlisberger has given you performances in 15-minute windows to win football games. Your defense, especially your rushing defense, has let you down. And your offensive line and your offensive rushing attack has been inconsistent at best, and you don't utilize it enough. The Steelers pass the ball 63% of the time. Only the Buccaneers, Jets, and Raiders throw the ball more. The M.O. on the offense is to pass first. We thought it was going to change this year. The credo from on high from Art Rooney II said it was going to change this year. It has not changed this year. Not Doesn't enough.
1: 63 sound low to you? It feels <laughs> like it's a lot more. <clears throat> Excuse me. Six, we, we would always say, Tom, in a given game, if you're doing – given the history of this offense in recent years, we were always saying, if you can get it down to 60% pass, 40% run in a given game, we'd be happy with that. Yeah. Because it felt like it was, at times last year, like 90-10. That's I, what it felt like.
0: I could agree with that, yeah.
1: And I think even more so now that you have Najee Harris, you have this elite running back available to you, 60-40 or 63-37 to feels just as bad as... 80 20 or 75 25 whatever it was last year because at least last year you knew you had to pass first because the running backs you had available to you James Conner was injured throughout the season so you were lining up Benny Snell and Tony Mack, Jalen Samuels you were okay to go to the pass because you had no confidence in those guys to run the ball effectively with Najee Harris now in the backfield Even though those numbers have gone down, it still feels just as wrong or of a malpractice because of the guy you have available to you.
0: No question about it. And you said, you know, we thought or felt last year, oh, my God, it's like 80, 20, 90, 10 out here, how much they're passing. We need to kill for 60, 40. Well, we're seeing 60, 40 now.
1: And it still kills you to see it. It still
0: kills you to see it. And And
1: it feels as significant as that 80-20. And
0: we said so many times in our off-season shows, training camp shows leading into this season, we want to see a 60-40 split, but we want it to be the other way. We want the running attack to be the 60-40 split, not the passing attack. It needs to be 40% passing the ball, 60% running the ball. I just don't think the offensive line allows them that luxury. I got to be honest with you, like – I think that there are times when they need to be running the ball and they aren't. And I think that does fall on Matt Canada, especially on the goal line. You got to give the ball to Najee Harris. You got to at least give it the old college try, if you will, with your offensive linemen. But I do understand having some hesitancy to just pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, especially against some of the teams that you've gone up against lately. You know, a lot of these teams that the Steelers have coming up down the stretch, really good against the run as far as their defense is concerned. The Titans on Sunday is the second-best rush defense in the NFL. Jacob, they gave up eight total yards on eight carries to the Jaguars last week. I mean, it's the Jaguars, but that's still very impressive. Sure. Then you got the Browns and the Ravens. We know the Browns are a good run defense, and we know the Ravens can stop the run. We just saw that happen a couple weeks ago, even though the Steelers had some success push getting some push on Baltimore and and running the football. and. Kansas City, you know, if you've been living in a bubble and you just kind of forgot what happened after the first six weeks, you'd think, oh, that's an easy one. Their defense is playing a lot, a lot better, so it's tough sledding as far as running the ball is concerned for this offense. We're sitting here in this stretch run; you got four games to go. You probably got to win three of them. I think you got to pass the ball, Jacob. I think you got to start throwing the ball, maybe seventy percent of the time.
1: Tom, that's the horrible reality of this season. Is if your offense sputters and your defense allows points like we've seen week after week since that four game winning streak we had where we were feeling on top of the world right yes you were, you were looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers as in the driver's seat for the AFC North where the other teams were looking to sputter the Cleveland Browns were riddled with injuries the Ravens couldn't effectively move the ball with just Lamar Jackson the Bengals were too young we honestly thought that after that four-game winning streak before the tie uh, to the Lions that the Steelers were going to be in the driving, driver's seat. They were going to start that stretch starting with the L.A. Chargers at 6-3. and three. It was going to feel great, and that's not what happened. And the reason why is because even against the Detroit Lions, Tom, they were playing tied or they were playing down. We saw how down they were against uh, L.A. to start that game before they came back. We obviously saw what happened with Cincinnati. That's just the reality here, Tom. For some reason, this team cannot start fast out the gates. And with someone like Matt Canada making the play calls, he's not going to want to go to the run basically at all. I mean, he's going to use it as the easiest excuse to say, well... (laughs) We're going to waste time running the ball and kill clock on our own terms. Hell no. I got to pass the ball. I got to use up as little time as possible and, and and score as fast as I can. And the only way I can do that is through the air. So it's you can't even call it a catch-22 because it's just you have to do this in order to come back. Because nine times out of ten for the Sealer team, since uh, since that Detroit Lions game, you're playing from behind.
0: It's not just the offensive game plan that's letting him down, though. Letting number seven down. The defense isn't what we no, thought it'd be. No, of course.
1: Be. No, it's because it's 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 a it's a mutual thing. It's it's the offense unable to to get going fast, and it's the defense just allowing offense, opposing offense, to just run down the field with ease. I mean, we saw in the Cincinnati game, the Bengals I think scored on every single possession in the first half, maybe all but one, and then they came out in the second half and scored on their first first drive or the first two drives we saw it uh, against uh, the LA Chargers basically they scored on almost every possession they had in that game we saw it again in Minnesota Minnesota just ran over the Pittsburgh Steelers They're, I mean yeah you wh- you want to say okay it's the offense's offense's fault for starting out slow but it's equally the defense because the defense is allowing your offense to fall on that your team as a whole to fall in that hole You're allowing points, you're allowing yards, you're allowing clock to be eaten up. And Matt Canada is just forced to throw the ball.
0: At the beginning of the year, 20 points from the offense, 24 points from the offense, we thought you'd have a really good chance to win a lot of your games. Hell, two
1: years ago when you had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges out there, you thought maybe 16 points, 20 points by the opposing offense was a good enough number that your offense led by Duck and Mason could outscore that. And now you're lucky to get that same amount of points, but your defense is allowing 30 points a game, 34 points a game.
0: Chargers game, Vikings game, I mean, your defense can't let that kind of a Bengals shootout game. break out. Bengals game, even though the Steelers didn't come back in that Bengals right. game, you can't let that kind of a shootout come about in these games. The, the M.O. was keep these things low scoring, keep these games ugly. And then hopefully Ben can string together a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. Well, lo and behold, Ben's going to string together a lot more than that in these fourth quarters, as he's proven. He's going to put up some gaudy numbers, some of the best numbers in his career as far as the fourth quarter is concerned. But your game is already kind of out of hand at that point, and the comebacks are more frantic, and you put up these historic fourth quarter outputs of point totals like you did against the Chargers and you look up when it's all said and done and, oh, we're only up by three and there's a lot of time left on the clock for for L.A. Or, oh, we storm back and we're scoring touchdown after touchdown against Minnesota, got a chance to score a touchdown at the end and get the two-point conversion to tie this thing and go to overtime. But, I mean, you're down by 29 to nothing at one point and then when you finally get back into one-score game – there with them at 29 points you let them score again and get them up to 36 points so it's just like everything that the defense needed to do this year they're failing at except for creating pressure and sacking the quarterback that's the one thing they've been still really good at they're bad against the run and yet they don't they, turn the ball over No, they, they and they're do. extremely injured
1: and even so tom with tj watt out they're really not that good at creating pressure
0: well, the he good news it. is he's going to give it a go this week against Tennessee to start the
1: game. It's a good news, bad news because good news, at least he'll be there. The bad news is we've seen the difference between a full, fully healthy, one hundred percent ready TJ oh, yeah. Watt and less than that.
0: Yeah, it's night and day, really. And mm-hmm. ineffectiveness is clear in those Packers and Bengals games that he tried to play and hurt.
1: And the Vikings game when he came out early, that team ended with. Zero, zero sacks. sacks.
0: Second time this season that team ended with zero sacks. Hard to sacks. believe in
1: about a ten game span they've gone twice without a sack after what almost sixty games, maybe sixty plus games. <laughs> Two three years, least. multiple
0: years without. I think it not was since twenty sixteen.
1: Since twenty sixteen, think he was on the team at that time on defense.
0: It's like a whole different defense. It's a complete Williams. overhaul. Was
1: Arthur Moats on the team at that point? Maybe.
0: <laughs> I know your old friend Mike Mitchell was.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, why did you have to bring him up, Tom? Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis and Artie Burns. This is a low point for the Steelers' defense. Historically, the numbers are bad. But I might remember that era more less fondly.
0: I don't know because the rush defense is oh, just it's, so, it's so bad right now. historically bad. It's historically bad. They give up five yards per carry. That is worse than the NFL by .3 yards. That's really bad. Like – I know a lot of people would think, oh, 5.0 to 4.7, that's not that far. Well, when you have this kind of a sample size now and you're .3 yards separate from somebody else, that's a pretty significant margin. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount more that you're giving up opposed to the next, the 31st team in the NFL. So they have gotten one of the historically worst rush I don't rush know defenses. how they're
1: not in last place for yards per game allowed on the ground. They're oh, th- I think they're 30th.
0: They put up a lot of good faith in that category at the beginning of the year. They'll that might come back down to earth as this probably continues to happen throughout the rest of the
1: season. Last the week, only, sorry Tom, the only two teams ahead of them or I guess behind them are the Houston Texans, which makes a lot of sense, and the LA Chargers, which we knew all about going into Chargers the Chargers game, yeah. but guess what happened? Najee Harris had what, 40 yards on the ground?
0: Nope, the Chargers really balled out on defense in that game, or the Steelers just made it really easy on them. Last week was the second time in the previous three weeks that a single player rushed for 100-plus yards against Mike Tomlin, Joe mixon Bengals; Dalvin Cook-Vikings. First time in Mike Tomlin's career that that's ever happened. In the span of three weeks, have two single persons rush for 100 yards in separate games. In his career! I mean, that's a great... Like, that's that cuts both ways. One way, wow. Another thing to put a feather in Tomlin's cap for, he's had a run of great rush defenses in his career. But we're in the reality of 2021 right now, and this is his worst one by far ever. It's got to get better, but it's not going to get better. So what do you do? You need to start faster on offense. Try to make the team that you're playing not be able to run the ball. That's a little dirty secret for you. If you get the lead, they won't run the ball (laughs) as much. You got to start faster. You can't let these teams get out in front of you. And I think to kind of put a bow on this thing. I want more no huddle. I want Ben to have the keys. Start the game with no huddle. Dale Lolly, our colleague here on mm-hmm. SNR and doing The Drive podcast, get to listen to The Drive wherever you find your podcast, dealers.com. Great stuff there from him and Matt Williamson. He was on Mark Madden yesterday and he was like, if you're going to go three and out, might as well go three and out doing the things we've seen work, and if it happens to be just thirty seconds run off the clock because we're going no huddle to run the three and out, so what? Nothing else That's is working than, for you.
1: What twelve seconds, three straight passes? Nothing
0: else is working yeah. for you. So go a little no huddle, get the tempo going. You know, start with a run, so you know for a fact that first play is going to be up tempo. Afterwards, you're not going to have to worry about an incomplete pass kind of killing it right away. Start with a run with Najee. Say it gets three yards, four yards, whatever. Boom, right back to the line. And I say quick pass out to Deontay right after that. Have a really good script, but have it be no huddle up tempo. How many times have we heard Ben say, I like running in a no huddle. It kind of keeps the defense on their toes. It kind of makes the defense a little more basic. And that makes it easier for us as an inexperienced offense led by an extremely experienced quarterback to kind of find weaknesses and kind of find the cracks in their foundation because they don't have time to really sub, set up different packages. They got to go kind of with their, you know, vanilla basic meat and potatoes defense. And 39-year-old first bout Hall of Famer, he's going to love seeing basic meat and potatoes defenses all day long.
1: All day long, Tom. That's.
0: It's very the obvious, right? It's very obvious here. Like, the writing is on the wall. But they won't do it, right? Oh. I don't think they will either. I think they save this snow huddle until the end of the game, until the end of the half when, you know, it, you're prototypically supposed to run it.
1: What's even more frustrating, too, is the fact that we sit here on our show, and maybe Ben Rothersberger listens. Maybe he's our biggest fan. You know, maybe, maybe he's he the is. guy who's leaving us five-star reviews everywhere. I don't, I don't know if that's true. But what I do know is that week after week, in his post-game press conference and in Mike Tomlin's weekly press conference on Tuesday afternoons, they are both asked, why why step away from the no-hug? Why? We why? see it. We see when you guys go to it, it works. Why not use it more often, and why not use it earlier in the game? Well, it's just how the game unfolds. It's just the circumstances. We have a game plan going into the week, and we don't really include that in our initial plan. We only use it as a need to, on a need-to-use basis. Guys, you need to use it. We see the difference between the no huddle and the non-no huddle, and it works better.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if part of this is is an ego kind of play, and you know Ben Roethlisberger is better at orchestrating and executing an offense than Matt Canada has been this year. The no huddle kind of lays that out, of course. Canada helped put in the packages that they use and the plays that they use during their no huddles and of course he's in Ben's ears still during the no huddle and, and helping communicate but it's basically all Ben it's basically on number 7 to decide what he wants to do from snap to snap as he tries to quickly move the ball down the field and I wonder if there's this weird like oh well it's my offense so we're going to run it this way and when we need to use the no huddle we can because that's just the way football is but you know it's my Canada offense will work and, and I'm not going to just hand the keys over to number seven. And it's just like, why, why, why would you fight him? Why? Mm-hmm. There's always this friction with head coaches and these quarterbacks, sometimes head coaches, coordinators. And I just don't understand why there can't be these happy marriages. I mean, Ben and and Bel- or Belichick and Brady forever seemed like a happy marriage. And then at the end, you found out that they really started to butt heads a lot. And then LaFleur and Rogers, you see the same thing. These guys just like, but heads and these egos get in the way and I wonder if some of that's happening with Canada and Ben Roethlisberger right now but it's time to put all that aside and we can't really just speculate about that because we have no idea if that's the case but what we do know is the case is the no huddle is an effective way that this team and this offense is playing good football mm-hmm. and again you need these next three out of four games. It's time to get a little desperate. It's time to do a little thing, uh, some things that kind of maybe pull you out of your comfort zone because your comfort zone is 6-6-1, six, six, and one, and your comfort zone is not scoring any points until the second half. And your comfort zone is being down by multiple touchdowns and having to light your hair on fire just to come back in the game. Maybe it's time to get a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's time to do some different things. And I know it's late in the season to say that, but hell, just throw a bunch of crap against the wall now.
1: You're also too... No dumb. one expects
0: you to make the playoffs, no. by the way, outside of Pittsburgh. But it's very possible and that you still make the playoffs. In so, what's the... Nothing to lose. Nothing. You no. got to win three out of four. Try it as many different ways as possible to get those three
1: wins. You're playing against playoff teams at the same time, too. Yeah. Why not treat these as a, as a playoff game?
0: Playoff start now, Sunday. I...
1: Yeah, why... You see teams... Do the most wild things. Super Bowls, right? You see Super Bowls happen where it's these, uh, <coughs> excuse me, these high potent offenses where they are just unstoppable. Some that come to mind are the LA Rams from a couple of years ago, the Carolina Panthers led by Cam Newton. And they come out and they score, what? Carolina scored 16 points in that Super Bowl. The Rams scored three points in their Super Bowl. Yes. Things are always fluky in the playoffs, especially later down the line. Why not treat this as a? I, I hate to pull this quote because it's it's not entirely accurate. Last game of the season. What, what's the quote from the water bowl? Last
0: game of the year, Dan. Can't hold anything back. Why? Why hold? We know. Any, we know. Why
1: hold anything back?
0: It's the last game of the year. You have. You can't.
1: You have no expectations, right? The only expectation is that you could possibly play spoiler to these four playoff teams ahead of you. Now, the Cleveland Browns, I don't think, are in the playoffs right now. But they were a playoff team a year ago. They're fighting for that spot, and guess what? They're ahead of you in the standings.
0: Could you imagine if, like, Billy on Sunday is like, and now T.J. Watt is playing tight end. He's on the offense. <laughs> well, guess
1: who played tight end for a little bit? And Wolf's like, couple. last game of the
0: year, brother. Can't hold anything back.
1: Guess who played a tight end a couple of plays? Who? Didn't JJ Watt catch a couple of he touchdowns? He did. JJ the Watt Texans? did catch a
0: couple of touchdowns for the Houston Texans. I'm
1: pretty sure he on every target. There were only like three or four in his career. Every time batting targeted, a thousand, huh? He's batting a thousand. Four, Four, four targets, four receptions for four touchdowns. You're telling me T.J. Watt can't do
0: that? Uh, I said to throw a bunch of crap against the wall and try as much as you can to win. Maybe don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah, don't that's do that. We don't need to throw balls to T.J. Watt. We've got a really good tight end that you can throw balls oh, to. absolutely, yeah. In yeah. the end zone, so I think you can rely on him. But run some no-huddle against Tennessee. Get the jump on these guys. You need to be playing with leads because your rush defense is so abysmal. If you can turn your fourth quarter performances from last week and a couple weeks ago into first-quarter performances, you can make things a lot harder on these teams, and you can have them abandon the run a lot faster, and which helps you.
1: You can play the game you want to play, Tom.
0: Yes, so no huddle it up. I think it keeps the defense on its toes. And I think with a young offensive line, two rookie playmakers in Fryermuth and Nodge, a young wide-receiving core still with Deontay Johnson, James Washington – Chase Claypool who's going to play but I think he probably shouldn't play. It's probably easier for them when they're not thinking. And no huddles make it oh, so you you think so? And Ask no, Chase Claypool. And no huddles make it so Ask you Chase can't Claypool. think. Well, him too, but I mean, even for there's probably so right. much going through the minds of these offensive linemen. Maybe it's be, maybe that's why Kendrick Green's snaps have been so bad. He's overthinking He's things. A little nervous. So just kind of do it so fast where, you know, when you kind of get into the moment of these things and you just you don't forget how to breathe you just know how to breathe whenever you have to it's survival make it kind of like survival for them make it so they can't really overthink things they got it they've got f- 5 seconds until the next snap so mm-hmm. it's not even like oh what do i do on this play what if this linebacker comes up do i audible into this oh no this and this and this just okay we're doing this i got to come this guy hut oh, it's out simple already. execution like, yep simple execution makes things a lot simpler for the offense and the defense which is good for the But audience.
1: you have to be doing what's right for the offense in order to execute that that easily
0: that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers standard always appreciate you guys giving us a listen we're going to be previewing the titans on a later episode we do so make sure you keep an ear out for that for jacob recht i'm tom opferman we'll talk to you guys next time